Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. No share with Dr. Dave. Hello and welcome. Uh, this is Dr. Dave. Um, I guess our session now is um, talking about generative leadership, enabling happy contributing customers. Um, when I think of generative leadership, I think about leaders who give birth to organizations um, and other human behaviors to demonstrate the ability to achieve amazing things. Um, so let me just give you a little bit of a background of who I am and as a speaker and who's spending time here with you today. Uh, one of the things that I look forward to is uh, trying to be a servant leader. Yeah, and I'm an entrepreneur, a coach, trainer, uh, delivered over about a billion dollars in customer value. I'm a founder of many things. So I'm a founder of the Agile for Humanity Conference and Meetup, um, the Five Saturday STEAM program. Most people know it as STEM. Um, I'm a podcaster. Um, I have this podcast called Now Share with Dr. Dave that runs on iTunes and Spotify. Um, the reason they call me Dr. Dave is that I did a doctoral dissertation um, and it's called the value of scrum to organization so that's published out there um, I've written several books <laughs> um, elastic minds is probably the latest published I'm working on deliver value and one of the things that I'm really passionate about is giving back to the community so you know five Saturdays where we work with high school students uh, we do a lot of amazing things helping to ch change the trajectory of their lives and some of the things that they're doing um, so let's talk about the challenge, the challenge that I ran into. So um, I was doing a research for a startup company and I found that disengaged people or teams cost about $550 billion, a half a trillion dollars in productivity lost. And when we think about the impact of that to the organization, we're, we're talking about lose, lost revenue, poor team performance and oftentimes business failure that, that happens through this process. And the way I look at this is that I lay this firmly at the feet of the leaders. I look at leaders who are responsible for laying the groundwork to create culture where we have values and beliefs, environments where we have an innovative space to work and play, and also psychological safety, something that's really popular in the Agile space. And this is the courage to speak out without fear. Um, so this is a really important aspect for us that, that helps to kick off the idea that there's a challenge out there. There's something that's really impacting organizations in the United States and beyond. Now, <laughs> I came up with this idea about leaderless leader. I was doing a, a podcast with my friend Earl Cobbs, and I was just thinking of what should we call the podcast. And I came up with the idea that there's this concept of a leaderless leader. And the condition of a leaderless leader is there's an absence of demonstrated leadership by those individuals. Because we, as we said, we're responsible for creating an environment for people and the organization to deliver value to customers and the stakeholders, the organization stakeholders, as well as their shareholders. So some of the common attributes that you find in leaderless leaders is that they have unclear vision. They're all, always chasing after the shiny, the latest shiny pursuit. 
um, there's an absence of empathy. And it's just get her done. I don't care. Just go get that stuff done. I don't give. And we talk about delegation without accountability, you know, and they would say, you know, my team failed. It, they wouldn't be like, we failed or I'm partially, I'm responsible for the failure as well. It's like my team failed. Some of the, the, the language you would hear and the expressions. And you look at failure in terms of it being used as a scapegoat. You think of blaming as one of the four horsemen. And we think of, of psychological safety and, and, and how do you build high-performing teams. Is, yeah, the leader's going to say, yeah, it's their fault. It's not, it has nothing to do with me. And you, you find that there's poor execution of value delivery to our customer. And you would hear customers saying, this is the worst experience ever. And then you have novelty is crushed. That could never work here. That could never work here. And, and so in Ron Westrom's culture, cultural model, you know, you look at these attributes are considered as pathological. It's power oriented. And we've seen this play out in the media before where you have like the former, former solo win CEO, Kevin Thompson, blame the firm's poor cyber, cyber security on an action. Um, where it's a huge failure and he's speaking to Congress telling him, hey, it's the intern's fault, right? It, it, it has nothing to do with me, you know? So, and I think back to like Chuck Berry's song one in his lyrics, you know, it must have been some other body baby. Um, uh-uh, it wasn't me. Or even you could think of Shaggy's going, it wasn't me, right? Thinking of these are the kind of the mindset of, of a leaderless leader. Now, I want to think of, how could we help a leaderless leader to go on a different journey, begin a brand new journey, right? And so as part of that conversation that I had with Earl, um, I discovered this word gumbo as a metaphor that provides a lens of how to, we can help leaderless leader find their mojo, right? And so it also in doing that and doing some simple research, I ran into Ken Wilber's integral, integral model. Right? And, and you look at the four quadrant of I, it, we, it's. And I, I found some other agile stuff that, that went well together with it. That I is mindset, it is practices, we is relationship, and it's is the environment that we live in. Right? And, and so when, when Ken Wilber talks about the integral model, what he's really talking about is it helps to re reveal some of the deepest patterns that run through all of our, our humanness, our humanity, right? By showing relationship that exists between our physical self, the systems that we interact with, the culture that we, we must survive in, and the conscious evolution that we sit in. So when I think of my mindset, I'm thinking of abundance and levels of listening and psychological safety. When I think of it practices, you know, scrum, Kanban, design thinking, other, other types of systems thinking. Um, when we think of relationships, we're talking about culture, kindness. Um, and then also in, in, with looking at the environment, we're thinking of, you know, is, is it collaborative? Or we're in the spiral space talking about these teal teams and teal environments when we start creating those wonderful environments for people to thrive in. All right, excellent. Th that's really excellent. To, to recognize that there is value um, in looking at 
some of the goodness of being in a mindset as well as the relationship, but also situational. And I threw that in there because that's a reality of things that, that can happen where uh, people will be moving into a situational context. Um, yeah, it's moving into a situational context, right? It's, it's, it's an additional dimension to look at as we're dealing with leadership and dealing with the, with the organization itself. So the other leadership that I, I think about, the one that I really want to focus on is generative. And, and so when we think about generative leaders, they help to shape your organization to embrace a continual learning culture, a culture of learning. Um, and one area of, of emphasis that we want to look at is the social intelligence based on the freedom of information you know, that's flowing throughout the organization. So there isn't one person or one organization that's hoarding all that information. You know, we're sharing it throughout so that everyone is aware. And the whole simple concept that we talk about, let's make work visible. Well, let's make information visible as well um, in our context. So the common attributes that we look at in generative leaders is that we have high cooperation. Where it sort of focuses on we and us, we working together. Um, when we talk about the messengers trained, we have everyone that's involved who's talking about, you know, what do we want to learn today, right? What, what's possible for us? Um, we, the risks are not just owned by one person, right? We win and lose as a team, right? So the risks are shared between the members of the team. And as we're, we're talking about going through bridging and we're having conversations with other people. So when we talk about a T-shaped teams and we talk about T-shaped organizations, what we're encouraging is, is that conversation to go forward. We have this wonderful dialogue and, and so that we can work well together. Um, we don't worry about, when we think about failure, we treat it as a learning opportunity. So, you know, what did we learn? There's an inquiry about what happened um, to, to go forward as we're trying to create this wonderful learning environment. And there's no such thing as, you know what, that would never work. You know, the first thing we'll say, run the experiment and evaluate the hypothesis. What did we learn? What can we learn from running this novel idea that someone just came up with in the team? And the, my favorite is the abundant, abundance mindset. See, I added this because I think it was really important that we start to think about, we have the capacity to share with others. I think that was an important addition to these different attributes about this leader. Um, because I, it, where, where it gets us to is that we don't have to hoard information. We could create this high environment of cooperation where we could actually all work well together across the enterprise. Now, there's ways of how we work with others within the organization. So I grabbed Stephen Covey's um, definition of the abundance mindset. And, and the, the conversation is the abundance mindset is a concept in which a person believes there are enough resources and successes to share with others. And, and that's a mindset when, when you start creating a, a, an environment of, of continual learning, this is what we get, right? We get this wonderful opportunity uh, to learn more um, between each of the organizations. So we're talking about four, the four C's that we, we think about here. We're talking about, you know, being committed, being connected, being courageous, and being complete. So Peter Sange, 
um, when, when he was talking about the leadership, because generative le leadership is something that one of my co-workers found for me because I thought I had invented it. And I'm laughing about that, that I thought I had invented the term generative leadership. Ha ha. But actually, one of my, my co-workers found that for me. Um, and so when, when Peter Sands, when he came up with this in 1990, he said, there's a distinction, a clear distinction between leadership that is motivated by challenges or problems, which he prefers uh, to, to call as adaptive leadership. But he said generative leadership is a higher form of leadership. And if, if you know who Peter Senge is, he came up with the fifth discipline, systems thinking, you know, a lot of very important topics that we hang on to and we use today um, in the agile space. So what generative leaders do is they help to create a future without reacting to it, right? We're moving the company, the organization, people uh, from being reactionary and fragmented to, to where they're working more as a cohesive unit. So when we think about committed, we're focused on continual learning through experimentation. When we're talking about connected, we're engaged with our people. Um, courageous, we're talking about tenacity for risk and guts to be decisive, to be able to make a decision, um, being complete. And, and, and I'm going to use the word, use abiding love, right? Love it in, in the context that we have patient and kindness to the people that we work with, right? Um, to help not only ourselves, but to help others to achieve their level of awesomeness. So the four C's that, that's been defined in terms of these are the key elements to help a generative leader to connect with its people, with the people that they work with, it's really essential. And you can see that there are several different authors and well-known names who have contributed to, if we're committed by Einstein, we're talking about only one, the only one who devotes himself to a cause with his whole strength and soul can be a true leader. So we're just taking different elements of different leaders that we could connect with, with different attributes within the four C's. When I think of the generative culture, right, um, and I'm just grabbing something from Ken Schwaber, and he says agility is an organization's ability to harness changes, harness its changes for its competitive advantage. And, and so there are these competing values when we start to think about culture and how we apply culture to bring about change within the organization. Um, as we look at the four quadrant, uh, we, we could start with clockwise. We talk about transformational change, where there's this creative context. Um, and, and in that creative context, we wanna do things first. You know, we have adhocracy where we're focused on innovation and or we wanna have fast change. We wanna be super com competitive. We're focused on the market and we wanna do things fast. Um, and so we're also always prioritizing profitability in this context. In the controlling, which is more hierarchical, we wanna do things right. And so there's incremental change that we're after here. Um, and this is more of your corporate structure. Um, you, you may find organizations that are, are highly regulated 
me actually want to fit more into this mode or at least certain part of the organization exists in this mode. Matter of fact, even in, in ad, most agile organization, you do still have some hierarchical aspects when you bring in HR and, and, and finance and, and different parts of the organization that's struct structured that way. And then we look at the sustainable change aspect of it, where we're really collaborative, right? We're working as a clan and we're doing things together, which is really super important. Um, so as we're thinking about, about the culture as, as a generative leader, what we want to bring about, uh, right? There's always tension because I don't believe that we, we could just be in one space alone. Maybe we may start there, but we may shift and go in different areas. But I would say that if we're trying to be competitive and collaborative, there's going to be some tension there. There's going to be a give. There's going to be a pull, right? That if we want to do things together um, and we want to get things done faster, faster and get it to market because we're, we're worrying about profitability, which is really important for any organization, there will be some level of tension in this context. Um, and so the same thing happens if you want to be creative and controlling. There will always be tension there because if I'm trying to bring about transformational change and I want to do incremental change, um, doing things first, doing things um, right, there, there's going to also be tension in, in those two areas. So um, I just want you to be cognizant that this, this is a reality of which one of the quadrants that you may select in terms of thinking about um, the culture that you want within your organization and what you want to compete with. And, and I've kind of like shifted around in terms of my definition of what um, agility is, which is, you know, intentionally responding to change caused by opportunities and threats to thrive. And the reason I, I bring change and opportunities and threats, because, you know, if we really have a business context about our organization, there are opportunities for us to, 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 to leverage and threats for us to really dampen so we could actually thrive. So when I think about change, that it's really it's satisfied by deliver, delivering measurable outcomes that can be realized and shared. And I'm thinking things that we could measure, things that uh, feeds the customers, things that can be realized, and things that can be shared with, with others. So what we're going to do, um, see, an, another quick exercise. Um, and we want to th think about... If you were a generative leader, then let's talk about where would you prefer to focus on, you know, focus your culture. We should be able to see, um, do we want to be more of a collaborative culture? Um, do we want to be a creative culture? Um, do we want to be a controlling culture, a competitive, or is it situational? Uh, and so as a generative leader, uh, where would you want to go? Where do you want to focus your interests and, and time? Where people would prefer to focus their energies as they're rebuilding or shifting their organizational culture as a generative leader. Um, so 82% of want to spend most of their time as a clan, collaborative. And I would expect that. We're in the agile space. I would expect that a lot, you know, actually. Um, we have 30% which is situational where depending on the dynamics of the organization or what's going on in the market, uh, things are going to be different, and we understand that. And 21% is for creative, right? We'll focus on innovation. Some people want to be controlling, and some people want to be competitive. This is really, you know, excellent. 
you know, feedback in, in terms of what you would prefer for your organization, um, which is wonderful. So I'm going to go back in and now we're going to look at, all right, so we see where we would want to spend some of our energies and time in, in terms of um, looking at the, the space that would, we would want to, to live in, in ourselves and with the people that we work with. So there's another very important aspect of this, right? Um, as we're talking about leadership, is that sometimes we may want to figure out how generative is our leadership? You know, how are they really interacting with people um, that they, they are serving, right? In terms of the value that they're, they're bringing, in terms of creating this wonderful um, learning environment that we all could thrive in. So when we look at the, the leadership attributes, you know, high cooperation, messengers trained, um, shared risks, encourage bridging, um, they're learning fast, right? And the novelty implemented, they're supportive, and we have this abundance mindset. We could create a simple survey that we take it to the people, right? Ask the people, hey, um, how's this working for you? Um, you know, how's this helping you to, to really succeed? Um, this is really amazing to, to figure out how, how can we look at the generative leader, but it's not only just for the people that they serve, but also for the generative, generative leader where he's getting the 360 feedback of how can they get better as well, right? Cause we're, we're in a space of, we're creating this culture of continual learning. And, and so we could simply create um, some simple questions that are based on on the Likert scale, right? You know, highly agree or, or highly disagree, right? We could scale it with five to seven points. Um, so a, a simple example of a question that you could coin. You don't you don't have to buy this from someone. You could use the same these same uh, what I call eight or nine points and build nine questions with a Likert scale behind of it, and then plot it. Right and give it back. So, you know, you may want to run this as a retrospective with, with, with a cohort. This is, you know, does leader does does Jane as a leader um, enable high cooperation within your team or, or or within your organization? You could even scale it more across cross functional team, and you could agree or or not just or not agree, right? And so you could create this point system and and have a nice visual representation of what. The, the the how the, the leader is really impacting the um the individuals within that organization if you have a, a, a generative leader and and there's generative leadership and there's a generative culture one thing that i've discovered is that we have happy contributing people uh, and and so you know simon Sinek, one of the things that he says is that when people are emotionally invested they want to contribute they want to give something back so if we're building this wonderful continual learning culture, I could almost guarantee, and from my experiences, um, is that we start, we begin to build these high-performing teams, right? And so we have people who are happy, happily contributing to many different dimensions of the organization. It's not just all, all the functional work that they may do. It's also maybe work that they're doing within their community. Um, they get into purpose and autonomy and mastery. This is some of the stuff that, that comes from uh, Daniel Pink, purple, purpose, autonomy, and mastery makes happy people. But also in research, what I've discovered is that generative leadership 
is a form of, of, of being a multiplier by creating this wonderful continual learning culture. And so the research shows that when we invest the, the right amount of energy with, with the right attributes and attitudes, what we begin to see is that revenue increases by 24%. And this is as we invest into this continual learning environment for, um, for, for the people within the team and the organization. We start to see a 9% uh, performance improvements against the revenue that's being made. Um, in terms of overall performance, just 22%. And then when this is really important because if you're like, a, if, if you're responsible for managing um, people, uh, and, and so one of the things is, is that if you could get an 8% gain against talent management goals, an 8% 8 gain for each person, I mean, that's tremendous for your organization. I mean, that's, that's really amazingly good. Right. Um, in, in terms of giving you space and time to do other things within the organization, right? In terms of working in different strategies and really building other relationship in terms of what's going on um, in the or organization. So this is this is what we this is truly an outcome of the shift and change to be a generative leader is happy contributing people. So we also want to see exactly what's going on with our happy con contributing people. We're looking at their mindset. We're looking at what's going on with them. And so I've created, a, a, you know, a couple surveys that I use today um, as I'm working with clients is that, hey, how do we start messing, really start to understand the mindset of teams and individuals? Let's understand their happiness. And I said, how happy are you or how happy are we? So I'm using Pink, Daniel Pink's, you know, three markers of purpose, mastery, and autonomy and, and wrap some questions around those. And I've added fun. We've got to have fun. You know, uh, we can't, if we're, we're going to work and, and work hard and, and produce great outcomes, we want to have fun as well in your organization. So that's one of the questions that I, that I ask. Um, and then the other five are really the scrum values. The scrum values are respect, focus, openness, courage, and commitment. I wrap questions around those and also create a, a form of a Likert scale to figure out, are, are we in agreement or not, right? You know, based on your experience, because happiness itself is based on an experience. And, and so if people are, are experiencing purpose and mastery and autonomy and they're having fun, we respect each other, we're focused on the right things, um, we're not having this power struggle about information. We're open. We're demonstrating amazing courage to do the right things. And we're really committed to each other. To me, that's happiness. You know, and that's a lot of goodness that happens within the organization. Now, the second side of that is that engagement. How engaged are we? And so there's a few markers that I came up with that I said that we build trust, right? And, and so this is also, this is a th more of a 360 feedback where team members are given feedback, cross-functional team members are given feedback to each other. And, you know, it's a random draw uh, of someone's name that you work with. And you go like, does this person build trust? Yes or no? And well, that's not true. It, it, it has a Likert scale, right? That, that also gives you a range of, you know, the level of trust that you think that um, they, they provide within the team. You know, are they customer focused? And are they customer centric, which is 
you know, a, a key element that's really focused, the most organization are focused on today. And I've had, are they tech movers? Are they being super innovative with technology that's shifting and changing things? Um, are they willing to take initiative and, and take on new work? Um, meet, say, do. And this is more of a commitment kind of things. I, I, I committed to doing a certain amount of work and I actually got it done. So yeah, did we, we meet, say, do? And then we want to know, are they supportive? Are they supportive of, of each other or supportive of, of others or even others who are in a cross-functional team? So it gives us a, a greater dimension to really start to understand the mindset of the people who are doing the work in the organization. They're the happy contributing people. Right, really essential for us to be successful. In summary, I just wanted to say what we discussed here is that generative leaders equals happy people or happy contributing people. We think about gener generative leaders as the ones who shape culture. And it's important for us to measure success, right? Measure success of the generative leaders, measure success of the happy contributing people who are participating in, in the process as well. This is essential for us. Um, so with that, I am going to ask you, as, a, as, as an aspiring servant leader and generative leader, um, I've thrown up uh, a QR code. If you have a phone, hit that, and it'll take you to a survey. Um, I, I just wanted to see how can I improve? And I mean, if, if I'm in a space of continual learning, I always want to learn how I could get better. Um, I'm also going to copy the link into the chat. Um, and, you know, just give me feedback. And with that, you know, that's all I have. You know, that's all I have for, for now. Um, I'll be writing an article about this. Every month they put out a blog. Um, and, and so this will be available on LinkedIn and also on the nullshare.org website. So um, let me stop sharing. And this should give us a little bit of time for some uh, questions. Um, and, and you could... Go ahead and fire away and I'll do my best um, to respond. Yeah, chat it to me so at least I could see it. And 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 uh, yeah, yeah, how can we make the dysfunctional aspects of leader, leader less leader, more transparent without losing your job? Um, so I guess I'm looking at my, my camera here who's getting fuzzy. There you go, Got came back into focus. So the thing is what, what you can do is use the same you could use the same metric or the same tool that I use for measuring the generative leader, right? Um, you could go in, I mean, you could start off with a conversation first with, with, with those leaders and said, you know, we're trying to build a highly transparent um, organization and environment. Um, would you be open to a 360 feedback, right? I mean, and this is part of the courage that we talk about um, happy com contributing people have that courage to go and ask the question, and if the answer is yes, then you could go ahead and 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 perhaps run that that um, that survey. But I, I want to be, be mindful about one thing: is that you may have to tap into HR to do that as well, right? Just to check in with them. I've noticed that certain surveys they don't want executed, so um, it, it starts with a conversation. And, and having that level of courage. And it also, here's a tool that we could use to, to, to ask about, you know, do we have high cooperation? You know, are we sharing risk? Uh, are we encouraging bridging, right? And, and those things, and, and I think 
that's one pathway down. That's one way. There are many other ways that you may do this, but this is just one way if we stay within the context of this, um, of this presentation today. We, we have to have empathy, right? We, we, we really have to have empathy for the organization. I mean, one, one way to, to do this and, and I've, I've found to be effective is the wonderful lunch and learn. Uh, you know, take a presentation like this, and I don't know why my camera is, 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 take a presentation like what I just provided and do a lunch and learn, right? So, hey, you know, here, here's some things that I'm, I'm hearing out in the market space. Um, is it okay for, for us to, to try some of this? One context. The other thing is, you know, if you're familiar with open space, maybe open space using an, a, an open space meeting um, to, to bring this up as, as part of the conversation is another way to start introducing this into the organization as a conversation. Um, you know, to, to me, it, it's all about empathy. It's about transparency. And, and it's, it's about just having dialogues with people. I mean, I, I find that people, even unreasonable people sometimes are reasonable when they are informed and you, you try to help them understand where are you going with this? You know, how is this gonna benefit the organization? Um, you know, you, you may even do a comparison, you know, hey, you know, here's an article that I found this that, that has worked at this organization. Would, would, is it okay for us to do a limited experiment with this as well? I have one more thing, and, and it's, 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 it's really, you know, I, I call it the, the, the third opinion, right? And, and the third opinion is called a consultant or the coach. <laughs> Right. I mean, I've worked for many organizations and I've told them, here are some of the things that we need to work on. Here are some, and if we do this, this will help us better. Here are examples. And then I brought that third opinion in, called a coach or a consultant. And all of a sudden they're saying exactly the same thing that I said. And, oh yeah, that, brilliant. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, and, and if we if we kept the, the Likert scale, and I'm going to go back to the measuring generative leadership, right? When you saw the spider graph, right? Um, and I could bring it up again if, if need be. Um, yeah, let, let me just bring up the spider graph of, of, the, of that and share again. Um, um, I mean, look, we could use this simple tool as a way to measure. And let's say I didn't go to 10. Let's say I went to five, right? And I said, anything above a three is good, right? Three, four, five is good. Anything below a three, it's stuff that we really need to pay attention to. I mean, that is a simple way to approach this without it being super com complex, right? I love simplicity. So I, I don't want anything that's that's too hard and I have to rack my brain about this. But if I went from a zero to five, or even you know, even if I went to ten, let's call it that, you know, I could say, and you know, in the scaling, I could say, you know, anything above a seven, seven and above is good, you know, and I I could go like maybe six to four is is somewhere in between, and I could go three below, right? So I could even make it um, multi-dimensional in terms of you know, high, low, medium, right? High, medium, low um, in terms of performance. So this is another way you could start to carve up the data 
and start to have conversations. But it's also, you know, as you're doing this, it's about getting agreement and buy-in, you know, buy-in alignment in, in terms of, you know, this is a good thing to do in, in the organization. So uh, oftentimes when, when I'm having these conversations, you know, I'll introduce a concept, but I, I, I want alignment with everyone who are, let's, let's say I'm working with leaders like I am today, you know, I want alignment with those leaders that, is this okay? <laughs> I have a, a, a tendencies of want to put descriptors of a number. So if I if, if I have a nine, what does nine really mean to you, right? Let's talk about something that's really tangible and everyone could align it and the meaning of a nine and the meaning of a one. And so that makes it a lot easier as well as, as a different way of, of approaching um, dealing with, with metrics because, you know, these are qualitative type metrics. Um, that we're looking at. And, and so we're really trying to understand not just how many, but why and what, right? As part of the, that, that conversation. So it's not only just grabbing the numbers, but it's also having the conversation. So I, I love to run these type of, these type of um, activities as a retrospective, right? I mean, and then you know, the retrospective have five stages. So I like to run it as a retrospective. So at the end, Maybe we grab one or two things that we take away and say, this is what we're going to work on next, um, you know, as an individual or as a leader. I hope that was helpful. Um, I know, let's see, what today, uh, today's the 31st. So at least by next week, um, I will have my newsletter that's coming out. Um, you would have my podcast that's available and I'll share with Dr. Dave. It's, it's on iTunes and Spotify. Um, also, like I said, I write a blog, so it'll be at the nalshare.org website, and I also put it out for free um, on LinkedIn as well. And so the next topic is generative leadership. So it's much of this, but it's it's in written form. Um, it's also in an audio form, so, so it's that people can listen to it, you know, um, download it and, and listen to it. So th those are the next things. And then Agile for Humanity. Let me not forget that. Um, we're kicking off Agile for Humanity, our meetup. Um, it's April 17th, and I could get, provide that information. April 17th, um, we'll, we'll have a virtual meetup. And we have Git. I, I always want to, I'm going to screw up her name. Sorry. And Robbie's Git or Gitte, um, Glack Card from Germany. She's going to be our speaker. And you could find Agile for Humanity as a meetup and you could see, you could register there. And so that's the next thing. So we're firing up our bi-monthly meetup again, and we're going to be inviting people from around the world to, to share their ideas. And not to, don't forget, one, one last thing is, uh, I don't have it here, but I, I think Adam you know, shared about the five Saturdays program. And, and, you know, if you want to volunteer and really build up something amazing in your community, teaching students how to write code, to be entrepreneurs, teach them agile, teaching about careers. Um, this is a great place to, to, to practice your skill, especially if you're a new scrum master too, um, or, or product owner, this is a great place to, to practice your, your skill as a partnership that we do with, um, the agile Alliance and scrum Alliance. So, um, you know, if I could send you that information and you could share it back out, that would be really, really amazingly awesome. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep.
we all have something to share. No share with Dr. Dave.